This is the Truth and Power Podcast with Ryan Edberg. Today on Truth and Power, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, sin and this thing called body of death. And um, I know sin's not a very uh, popular topic to talk about, but it's important nonetheless to go over. Um, with what we do with the Kingdom Youth Conferences, um, what we do at Kingdom Worship Center, and then even on this uh, Truth and Power podcast, uh, YouTube videos, stuff like that, we really push hard the grace message, and it's so important to push the grace message, but a lot of churches have that mixed up on what that actually means and um, what the grace message actually is. And so, um, but we have to preach it like Paul. You remember in uh, Romans when Paul talks about, you know, if anybody uh, was to preach a message different than this gospel, which gospel is the good news, and the good news is also the grace message. If you look through that um, and study it out, he's really talking about the grace message that Jesus paid it all. It was done on the cross. There's nothing you can do to earn or deserve what Jesus did. It's a free gift that you accept it, and it's all done and paid for by the cross. And so we need to realize that grace is literally a free gift of what Jesus did on the cross. Now, when Paul was teaching um, grace, you know, several times he was teaching it and everybody would stop and ask him and they say, what are you saying? Are you saying that we can do whatever we want? And so Paul turns around and answers and said, God forbid, right? Certainly not. And so I want to look at some of this here because there's two different camps um, I grew up in a denominational setting. It was a, a holiness church, and which is great. Um, but with that, it was every camp service, come down and repent, um, come down and, and um, get your life right. You know, it's time to uh, be born again, 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 again. Um, you know, you probably screwed up from last night's service, so you need to get down to the altars and repent again. And it was always just getting a response from people to be crying at the altars. That's what uh, the goal was for all of it. And that's great. Um, you know, repentance means a, a changing of your thought process and a changing of that. And if the result of that is you weeping at the altars, then praise God. But weeping at the altars is not repentance. That's emotions. Um, but it's great to have emotions when there's a true repentance or changing of your mind that's happening, right? Um, so with this grace message, we have one side of the camp that's always like, you know, turn or burn. It's time to uh, fall on your knees and ask God, you know, to forgive. Well, you know, you probably screwed up again at lunch. It's time to fall on your face again and and uh, ask God. And then there's another side of it where it's this sloppy, gross grace that's not biblical, that is do whatever you want. God's already forgiven you everything. It's it's already, you know, done. Now you can live like hell and, you know, not go to hell. But literally there's, this is not what Paul was preaching, but the grace message is so strong that when you preach it, you should be asked, are you saying we can do whatever you want? Um, and then you know that you're preaching it like the Bible preached it, right? And you're getting the same results that Paul got. Um, but the grace message is literally the only thing that can set people free. If you try to do the turn or burn or, you know, point out people's sins, they'll focus on sin and that will lead to more sinning. And so you see that with um, focusing on sin 
all the time you you do nothing but sin um, when you focus on the grace message and about Jesus then you'll get closer to Jesus and then the things of this world will grow strangely dim and so you realize that the only way to actually be free from your sins is to focus on Jesus and move as close to him as possible so I want to go through some of this today with this message because we actually want people to be free um, sin is we don't sin now because um, we're afraid that we're going to end up in hell. If you look in scripture, um, it says that Jesus died once for all, that he was the sacrifice once for all, and he didn't just die for our sins, but it says the sins of the entire world. So with the cross, we need to realize how powerful that moment was and what the blood of Jesus actually was. And that one drop of almighty God's blood was enough to pay for all sins, past, present, and future, but he shed out his blood and went all the way to death on the cross for us. You know, in Old Testament, they looked at, um, they used to sacrifice sheep and goat, um, and that would appease God for a year. So how much more will the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus appease God for eternity? Um, and you look at this and realize that when people say, well, you don't know what I've done, you don't, you know, I... I came to Jesus and then I messed up. So now I need to run back and I need to get saved again. You're really saying, I don't believe the blood of Jesus is enough to cover what I did. I need to go and get some more blood. And you're literally diminishing the blood of Jesus to that of either a goat or a sheep. And so here, we need to be mature believers who understand what the grace message literally is, and we need to understand what it isn't. It isn't a license to sin, but it's freedom from sin, right? It's freedom from sin, but not free to go sin. And so when we realize that all of our sins, past, present, and future were paid for on the cross and that sin was paid for, we realize now that it's not your sin that sends you to hell, right? Because sin was paid for. Now, what sends you to hell is you don't accept Jesus Christ. Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And that literally means that you've got to accept Jesus Christ and what he did and that forgiveness of sins because sin was paid for. Now are you going to accept Jesus or not? And people have a hard time believing that. And that's what Paul was talking about. He was talking about um, running from your sins. He was talking about you've been free from sins. It no longer affects you. It doesn't have dominion over you. You're no longer under sin, but you know, you're in Christ Jesus. So now your sins have been paid for. I love uh, Romans 8 when it talks about, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, and people will stop there and they say, well, I'll keep reading. You've got to keep reading. It says to those uh, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And then people will stop there and say, see, there's no condemnation if you're not sinning. That's not what it says. It says there's no condemnation if you are indeed 
in Christ Jesus. And you keep reading in Romans 8, and it clarifies what it's even talking about. It says you are no longer in the flesh, but you are in him if indeed the Spirit of God dwells within you. And we know when you accept Jesus, that's literally what it means is that you've been forgiven and now the Spirit of God is living on the inside of you, that you've accepted him and you are no longer, there's no condemnation for you. So now we want to talk about sin and tie this all together. We look at sin and we say, why don't we sin then? Because if it doesn't affect our salvation, right? You're sealed for the day of redemption. It talks about that um, what can separate you from the love of God is it height, nor depth, nor principalities, nor power. Starts to go through all of this and we realize, you know, what is it that could literally uh, separate you from God? It, it's nothing. And so, well, then we can do whatever we want. No, we don't do whatever we want. Paul says, certainly not. So it's not this greasy grace. It's the grace of God that brings to righteousness. You're already righteous because he is righteous and he's in you. And so you look at this and now we don't sin because we're going to stay out of heaven. We, we don't sin now because it will destroy your life here on earth. It will take you down a path that you don't want to go down right? It sears your conscience. And then the more and more you sin, um, the more you start to fall away from God and grow farther and farther apart from him and not closer and closer to him. You just start to drift apart. We talked about it in an earlier podcast about how Adam and Eve fellowshiped with God in the cool of the day in the garden. They walked and talked with him. And as soon as sin came on the scene, Instead of walking in the cool of the day, God's walking in the garden and saying, Adam and Eve, where are you at? And they're hiding in the back 40, hiding from God. Your sin will make you run from God. So we don't sin now because, oh, we might go to hell. We sin because slowly and slowly um, we'll fall away from God. And this is literally what scripture talks about is they're turned over to their depraved mind, right? And so you begin to give in to one sin, it doesn't become much anymore, and you give in to another sin, you give in to another sin, and eventually your life is just a bunch of sin, and now you even start to question if God's even real, because you've backslidden so far that you're not even um, conscious of uh, spiritual things anymore. You're so messed up in this carnal world that you're literally... Um, doing everything that the five senses tells you, and we're no longer spiritually minded. And so we've got to look at this in in this perspective and say, you don't sin now because you want to grow closer to God. You, when you get closer to God, you should hate sin. You should hate everything about it. You should run from it, right? Um, I want to look at this. There's a story um, in back when uh, Rome was a... Um, taking over and a lot of different things. There's a, a lady named uh, Lucilla, and she was a, a widow there, and she had two sons. One was uh, Camillus, who was 18, and Decima, who was 19. And what happened was um, the Roman soldiers started to invade certain villages around here, and her two sons went to go fight. And um, it was attacked under these opposing armies coming in there, and they went to fight. And what happened was um, they lost, and so they're standing there in front of um, the army. And because they had um, opposed the army, um, one of the soldiers ran his blade right through 
um, one of the her son's uh, chest in front of um, the mother and the other brother. And uh, if, I don't know if you know Roman culture, but they were um, brutal at punishment. And um, what had to happen is if you were opposing here, they, they went and they would tie the dead body then to the live brother. And you could walk around chained where you couldn't get out face to face, chest to chest, you know, legs and arms strapped together. And you would walk around to realize what you've done. And this body of death, they called it, was the ultimate punishment for treason or anything else like that. And if you look at this, you start to understand, like, Rome's, like, they were brutal at their their uh, torture. And we look at scripture and we realize that a lot of people got 40 lashes, hold one, or minus one, which would be 39 lashes, um, beat, and we look at what Jesus went through, and so we think automatically, well, he got 39 lashes. No, that was the culture for other cities, but Rome, they didn't have that rule. They were, I'm just going to beat you until you die. And so they literally tore out Jesus's beard. It wasn't whip him 39 times with a cat of nine tails. It was just whip him, and let's see how much flesh we can get off of him. So much so where scriptures even say that he was unrecognizable to his own mother. And, and I don't know about you, but I've got four kids and love them like crazy. And I can't even imagine to be walking by, see a big uh, somebody standing there, just a mess, blood pouring out of everywhere, not a lot of flesh out and everything. So much so where I'm walking by saying, man, I feel sorry for that person, not realizing it's my own kid, Right. And that's what it's, the scripture says, that it was he was unrecognizable to even his own mother. And so we look through this, and this is Rome. Like I heard stories of how uh, Rome, to even punish people, like if you'd done something wrong, they'd put you in a gunny sack, and they'd put wild cats, um, dogs, and monkeys, all kinds of animals in with you in the gunny sack, and then they would throw it in the river, and you would drown with these animals trying to claw themselves out of this bag. Um, and it's just morbid. And so what they would do here with this body of death is they would tie live bodies um, to dead ones. And so much so that even um, they would throw them in a field and you'd be strapped to a dead body. Now they would still feed you and give you water so you'd stay alive. But eventually the dead body would rot and smell and ooze and pus and turn into whatever else and just ooze all over you. And it would begin to decay your alive body you'd get diseases you'd get sickness and you'd eventually die from the decay of another body on you and i started looking through some of this and i realized that in uh romans uh six we're going back a little bit here but follow me on this is romans six twelve. it says therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body we talked about sin now. It's no longer I that sins, right? But it is the sin that's living in me. We're going to go through that in a moment. But it says, do not let sin reign, which means have control of your body, that you should obey it in, the, in its lust. Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive 
from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. This is that grace that we're talking about, not the greasy grace um, and not the law, but you are now under the new covenant, right? All about Jesus and what he did for you. So you need to realize that. And jump uh, ahead a chapter into Romans 7, and I want you to look at this. Let's start in uh, Romans seven fourteen, and it says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not do, I agree that the law, that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do I do not do, but the evil that I will not to do that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. Um, let me stop right there, because if you're just kind of reading this and looking around, you can get really confused and say, what in the in the Dr. Seuss is he talking about, right? I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam. And you got Paul here talking about oh, what I don't want to do, I'm doing, and I, I, what I don't want to do, I'm doing, and I do what I don't want to do. And it's just kind of, you get confused, right? Let me break it down for you. Paul's saying that every time I want to do something good, I keep sinning, right? And every time I want to get out of sin and do good, I just can't do it. How many of us have been in that spot where we're trying to fix ourselves, right? We're trying to get out of it on our own. And no matter how hard we try, we run back to the same things we always did, right? It's hard to break these addictions. It's hard to realize that we've been set free. Now I'm looking at this and I'm seeing... What he's saying, it's saying that it's no longer I that do it, but the sin that's dwelling in me. And we realize from Romans 6, what we talked about, that we can't let sin have dominion over us, right? We can't let it control our lives, right? We let Jesus control our lives. But sin, even though it's paid for on the cross, is still, you know, the love language of the devil, and he's still going to try to put that on you, try to put condemnation on you. He's still going to let you sin and, and run around with it and try to run from God. But we look and Paul's saying that it, the stuff that I, I'm just struggling here and, and everything that I want to do that's good, I just can't do it. And then the stuff that I just can't seem to get rid of, I, I just keep doing it over and over again. And so let's pick up where he, he left off there. It says, For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. Sin will just fight against your mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my member. O wretched man that I am. How many times have you said, I'm just a horrible person. I'm not worthy of you, God. I'm not worthy of the calling you have in my life. I'm not worthy for healing. I'm not worthy of this. I'm not worthy of that. This is what Paul's talking about. Wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this? Check it out. Body of death. It says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then... 
with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And you can keep going through uh, Romans there, you know, seven, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He's breaking down this grace message, breaking down what he's actually talking about, breaking down that Christians sin, but it's not the same anymore. It doesn't affect him. So don't keep doing it because it will take you down. But I love what he says here. You see, when Paul got confronted, he said, are you going to um, talk to, are you going to punish a Roman citizen like that? See, Paul was a Roman citizen. He's very familiar with Roman punishments, right? And he uses the phrase here, who will save me from this body of death? This is literally the Roman punishment that he's talking about being strapped and chained to this dead person. He's referring it to sin. I'm strapped to this sin. And if I don't get free from it, it's going to eat me alive. It's going to kill everything that's good on the inside of me. And that's why we got to get rid of sin, not because of, you know, well, I might go to hell now. No, you can still go to heaven, but you're going to have your flesh eaten up here on earth. You're going to kick yourself and be beat up your whole life if you don't get rid of this body of flesh. And it can even go so far where you turn from God and you say, I just, I don't even know if I believe anymore. You know, it says that nothing can pluck you, right, from God's hand. Nothing can pluck you. But what if you can pluck yourself? right? So there's this difference of, you know, once saved, always saved. And then there's this difference of, we see that we've got free will. It says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you will be saved, period. But what happens if you stop believing and you stop confessing, right? I don't even know if there is a God anymore. I don't know if I believe anymore. See, salvation isn't just a magical prayer. It's relationship, when you have a relationship with God, you can be confident in his love. You can be confident in his promises. When you're in the back 40 hiding out and you got sin strapped right to your face and that's all you can see that's consuming you, it's eating you alive, you'll run to the back 40 and hide from God. And if you don't get rid of that, you'll be like Paul saying, oh, wretched man that I am, who's going to save me from the body of death? But Paul doesn't leave it there. He gives you the answer. He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You know, all things are possible through Christ Jesus. That's the only thing that can free you. You were already strapped to a body of death before you knew Jesus. You were strapped to it and you, know, you were decaying and rotting and headed to hell on your way to die. And Jesus came in and with the cross broke those chains. And so you've been set free. It's now time since the chains are no longer there to push the body of death off of you get rid of it and run towards jesus he you can't clean yourself up let him do it you confess your sins he's faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness that's this washing that he's talking about that's the cleansing to get the stink of the body of death off of you it's cleansing you from all unrighteousness and so Come to Jesus today. It's very simple. It says, you know, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and you will be saved. Very easy. There's not a magical prayer. But today, if you're hearing this for the first time and you're saying, I've been strapped to sin for so long, it's killing me. It's time to turn from that and just say, Jesus, break off the chains and he will. And then it's your job to push off that body of death and walk to him. You know, salvation is the easiest thing in the world. The hardest thing in the world 
is uh, Romans 12 and 2, where it says to uh, daily renew your mind. Do not be conformed to this world, it says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You want to get transformed, you got to start renewing your mind. you got to get into the Word. you got to let the Word become more real than that body of death that you've been strapped to. And so get into the Word, my friends, and just study what God has for you. All of His promises are yes and amen. He's got good things for you, but sometimes we want to just sit in the stink and sit in our sins and just sit there and complain. It's time to be free and start walking victorious in Jesus' name. And so I want to bless you guys today. I want to thank you for listening to another Truth and Power. God bless. To keep up with everything Ryan has going on, go to KingdomYouthConference.com or follow him at Facebook.com slash Ryan Edberg Music.